We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. Wait, he throws back shoulder. Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle. He pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams' sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing our Derek C. Apollo with Magic Johnny. That's right. Magic Johnny Gomez. Happy New Year and Merry Christmas to all of you Rams fans out there. The Rams beat the 49ers today 48-32 to earn their number two seed in the playoffs. Johnny, how are you and what are your first thoughts? Well, I'm pretty good. I'm feeling really good after so many drinks at the bar. Had to celebrate after this win. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm feeling 
I'm feeling really, really, really good. Johnny, stop, stop, stop. Dude, you were drinking before the win. You were drinking before the game. Come on. I was. I mean, just be honest about that. Don't don't try and fool people into saying you were celebrating after the fact. You were celebrating before, during, and after the fact. You just know what, Derek? You, you, you forget that I'm Magic Johnny. I saw the future. <laughs> I saw the future, man, and I had to take that. You know, first couple, five, ten shots. Yeah. It was that kind of night, guys. That kind of night. Yeah, how are you feeling now, though? I <laughs> am very tired. Very tired. <laughs> very, very tired. So, all right. What are your first thoughts in the game? First thoughts is the first three quarters of this game. I'm thinking that. The Rams were untouchable. This is exactly the kind of team that the Rams were looking like in the first half of the season. And that's exactly what we need to see going into the playoffs. Fourth quarter, not so much. Not so much because they benched a bunch of players, because they took their eye off the ball, because it was 48-17 to at the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean... They're for sure, you know, taking out the starters, some of the starters, you know, it, it, it did make sense for them to, like, drop some of the, you know, the dominance a little bit. But at the same time, they this became way too uh, close at the end. Not that I was ever really nervous about losing this game, but it's like you kind of expect a little bit better play than what we saw. Or maybe I just have too high of expectations. I don't know. Maybe. Well, one thing that bothered me was the 15 points in the fourth quarter, especially the last one. Don't give up the record to Kittle that easily. Make them really earn it. And they really didn't do that. And we'll talk about that. Other than that, I thought there were a lot of good things in this game. There were a lot of positives in this game. A lot of things that we can look forward to and hope that maybe the Rams would turn the corner. Still some question marks, but we'll see. I, I'm positively, uh, yeah, I'm optimistic that maybe those two games with the, the Bears and the Eagles are behind us. We'll find out soon enough. All right, folks, before we move forward, we don't want to for, we want you to forget that we're available anywhere. Podcasts can be found, Spotify, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and don't forget to subscribe. On iTunes, we could really use those reviews. They help us out there. Also, you know, to click the subscribe button means those are better for our, our our listings on there as well. Just helps us out. That's all. Don't forget our other social network, Butting Heads, with Johnny here, Steve Ribeiro, and Rampage Radio, although they are on a little bit of a hiatus with uh, family obligations. So hopefully they'll be back this week, maybe next week. Hope they better be back, I hope, with the playoffs, with the, get their team in the playoffs. And finally, we'll give a shout-out to one of our sponsors, most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn more about the Rams' history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's book, Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out his son's story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Legs Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online 
at HollywoodsTeam.com, and on Twitter, at HollywoodsTeam. It's available both in hardback and electronic form, and Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can also find Hollywood's Team through various other booksellers on the internet. Everyone, I've read this book from cover to cover. Guess what? Norm has and Johnny has. It's well worth your time. It's a great read. It's affordable. Trust me. Check it out. Hollywood's Team Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's worth your time. Oh, Johnny, that reminds me. Hey, I actually went to Jim's Amazon page for the book the other day just because it's on my my, uh, Kindle listings because I kind of live on my Kindle when I'm not teaching or podcasting. And I saw this review, and the review was titled, it had the line with a bit of personal touch. So the guy got the person got it from our from our ad. So at least we know that person who listens uh, who wrote the review listens to our show. And by the way, I need to write a review. I, I thought I did. I didn't. I checked and I hadn't. Um, I guess Johnny should too. We should all just write a review. It's a really great book and a great great touch in Rams history. I was surprised to see it there. Honestly, all right, what did, Johnny. What did drag me in that? Huh? I said, way to drag me in that. Yeah, I'm going to drag you into it. we got to support our sponsor, man. All right. Yeah, I'm going to drag you into that. Are you trying to say you're not well-written enough to do it? Oh, no, no, no. What, what I meant was, oh, by the way, Johnny should write a review, too. I'm like, oh, man, put me on blast <laughs> like that. <laughs> I'm not just saying, yeah, I am saying you. But also, hey, if you ran saying you've read it, please do. He'd appreciate it. And it'd be good to know that the folks who bought the book and um, have, have read it, and you could really use your feedback as well. All right. So you got the stats ready? I do. All right. Take it away. So we have a couple interesting stats, uh, especially offensively. You know, Jared Goff had a interesting day, I'll say. Uh, he ended up finishing 15 of 26 for 199 yards. And four touchdowns, four touchdowns. Love that. Uh, and then you had Mannion who came in and, mm, yeah, didn't play much really. Uh, most of it went on the ground and didn't really impress. Yeah. Uh, moving on to rushing, uh, probably story of the offense still goes to C.J. Anderson, who continues to tear up the football field. 23 carries, 132 yards. And one touchdown, average 5.7 yards per carry. That's exactly what you want to see in a backup running back. And, you know, I, I think that once Todd Gurley comes back, you know, CJ, they're going to find ways to give CJ Anderson the football. He's just been dominant the past two games. And mm, true, maybe not some of the elite teams he's played against, but it's still impressive to come in and play like that. Uh, As far as receiving yards, you have Brandon Cooks, who led the team in receptions with five, 62 yards, has two touchdowns, and actually with similar stats, you have Josh Reynolds with four receptions of his own, 55 yards and two touchdowns of his own. So really um, loving how uh, Josh Reynolds has been stepping up. And a quick shout-out to Tyler Higbee, who had that huge reception for 36 yards. 
Now, moving on to um, defensive stats, you actually it's kind of surprising seeing how many different turnovers that this defense has created. I mean, it's not that surprising on paper, but seeing recently how many turnovers that the Rams have been able to get, it was nice to see. You know, we had a couple fumbles in the game. And as far as, um, but before I get into that, one of the things I wanted to note also was John Johnson had eight total tackles. Happy to see that. Welcome back, Mark Barron. Had that crucial sack there. I actually kind of felt bad for Mullins on that one. Um, going into team stats, we had technically we had about four turnovers. There was, I think, potential to have more if uh, if you know we were able to get to the um, a ball a little bit quicker. I, I mean, honestly, some of these, uh, you know, hits that Donald and a couple of other guys were getting in on Mullins, I, I mean, it was really close to having, you know, almost eight turnovers I, I counted at one point. But uh, in total, four total turnovers, three interceptions, one lost fumble. Um, as far as total yards, believe it or not, the 49ers had more total yards with 391 yards as opposed to the Rams' 377 yards. And we'll kind of dissect that a little bit later. Yeah, it's called the fourth quarter, man. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, Rushing yards, 127 for the 49ers, 155 for the Rams. And time of possession... The Niners had it for 28 minutes, 10 seconds, as opposed to the Rams, 31 minutes and 50 seconds. A lot of that time was really, you know, kind of diluted in the fourth quarter. And, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in just a little bit. But those are some of the most, uh, you know, standout stats that I have for you right now. What were the total, total turnovers? It was 4-0, right? Did the Rams yep. have any turnovers? No. Uh, well, the Rams didn't surrender any turnovers, no. That's correct. So 4-0 is starting to get back to what the Rams did in the early part of the year. Defensive playmaking was something that we've been hoping to see more and more of. And I know you're going you're gonna to hear people say, hey, it's the 49ers. They have backups in there. The Rams' defense, to me, though, was doing specific things to create those turnovers. And outside, I think, of the first fumble, the first fumble, the fullback, was it Jerzyk? Is that how you say his name? He reaches across, he reaches out there, Baron knocks it away. Hey, sure, that's, that's something that they could have prevented. The other three, to me, were the result of Rams' pressure and uh, the Rams masking things in the linebacker core where, where Corey Littleton was. So before we sit there and say, well, this is just a bad football team, you can't forget that the 49ers just gave the Bears all they can handle last week, and they beat the Seahawks two weeks ago. This is not as horrible a team as people think they are. They, they finished 4-12. and They finished 4-12 and with a ton of injuries, uh, big injuries. Like, their top three receivers were out. Their top three receivers were, were like, on IR. They're that far out. Sorry, no, Goodwin, Goodwin's on IR. Might as well have been because he 
missed the last game. So when you're talking about this 49ers team, they are much better, and they're going to be better. This team is on the rise, and the Rams better take advantage of these opportunities now before the Niners make their return uh, to competitiveness in the division. Yeah, the the Niners really have had just such a bad string of luck this year. They lost their starting quarterback. They lost their starting running back. You mentioned the receivers. You know, they've been banged up all year, and the offensive line has been hurt for most of the year, too. So I give props to to Shanahan and, and the 49ers for, you know, at least making games competitive because – I don't know if you can say too many teams that can be that competitive without so many of their star players. Uh, I mean, that's almost devastating. Well, yeah, there, there are going to be people out there looking at Shanahan's record in his first two years being 10 and 22 and thinking, why is he still around? And honestly, it's, it's perfectly possible for you to have a 4-12 season and do a good job. And I'm convinced that Shanahan did a good job. He and his staff still developed players. They kept this team competitive. They're playing harder than than what the Cardinals were, that's for sure. I mean, look at some of the teams the Rams beat early in the year. They weren't playing as hard as the 49ers did today. And so credit to them. That said, this Rams defense still made plays. Especially in that first quarter, three turnovers. Corey Littleton, man. Every time we get down on him, he does something special. Every time. How, he had two pick saves, right? That's correct. And one beautiful return for a touchdown. Outstanding work on their part. And that gives me hope. If the Rams can, can get into that mode for the playoffs, I think they're going to be fine. But, Johnny, I'm coming to the realization here. And, t- and tell me if you disagree. This year's defense, 2018 Rams, I'm realizing there are still fundamental problems. They still struggle to hit gaps. They still struggle to capture the edge all the time. Fundamentally, they still make a lot of mistakes they shouldn't make. But they're a feast and famine defense to me. They are going to be, they're either going to make a ton of plays or it's going to burn you. There's no middle ground with this defense. That's, That's where I've kind of concluded this team is going to be. And I can only hope that, given given what they've done with the Cardinals, the 49ers, and don't forget they forced a ton of turnovers against the Bears too. Just the Bears did more. If if this defense can keep doing that, then hopefully some of the shortcomings that we do see fundamentally can be masked a little bit longer. That's what I'm hoping for. What are you thinking? Well, absolutely. And, and the thing is, for for those of you who are wondering how important the linebacking position really is, this team is kind of proof of it because going into this season, we all kind of knew that the linebacking position was going to be the weak point of this defense, but we didn't know exactly how weak it was going to be. And they're, they're improving a little bit. I, I was really happy to see the improvement in Mark Barron because this was a guy I was kind of high on coming into the season. You know, he never really quite returned to form after his injury. And, you know, to see him, you know, it wasn't perfect, obviously, but to see him, you know, make plays, this was the type of Mark Barron that we needed to see. 
And if we can get this, just even a little bit of Mark Barron from last season before the injury, I think that the Rams are going to be looking a lot better. And, you know, it's like you said, man, uh, kind of the edge rushing has been an issue. And, you know, this game, it you know, chipping away at Mullins really <laughs> created the turnovers. It, it was that's exactly what the defense is designed to do. It's designed to create the pressure to make the quarterbacks uncomfortable. And that's when your secondary comes in for the kill. And that's exactly what happened. That's yeah. why, like for me, I, I, I want to see more of this. And I think if we have more, you know, pressure coming in from the linebacking core, this will be a really good defense down the line. It's more than just the pressure, though. These guys are going to be the ones you're going to depend on to hit the edge as well. And that's been missing for much of the year. So, I mean, but I want to stop for a moment. I don't want to skip that. There's a segment we want to get to on, on the contributors because they played a major role. And some of these names we're talking about today, like Mark Barron and Corey Littleton, they've been missing for a couple games. Mark Barron most of the year, quite frankly. I want to come back to them. But before we even get to all their contributions, there is a different story we need to talk about. It's a book. Maybe it's a novella. Maybe it depends on how you feel about this, Johnny. I call it The Tale of Two Goths. We have a Jekyll and Hyde on our hands here. We have Good Goff, who's poised in the pocket. He makes perfect throws in any place you want that ball. Over any shoulder, in any spot. Any location, it's there, okay? And then we have our Mr. Hyde Goff, the tale of two Goffs here. And he's the Goff who gets jumped in the pocket, throws off his back foot, uh, his throws become wobbly, he overthrows, sometimes off to the right, off to the left. And we saw that in today's game. We saw an appearance from both. For the first half minus the the last two-minute drive, we had Mr. Hyde Goff, the guy who could not hit the broad side of a barn. Thrown off his back foot. Was lucky to not get picked off a couple times. What is going on with that Goff? So you're basically talking about Jared Goff and Jared Goof. So (laughs) Jared So Jared Goof, um, I, I think with him, you see just kind of the little the little things that really he struggles with, and it's it's something that he hasn't really been able to get over in the second half of the season for whatever reason. In the first half, we really didn't see Jared Goof, and now it's like. You, you you see him making these small little mistakes that can be, well, quite frankly, deadly if if we go into uh, the playoffs and do that. You know, you you can't he can't continue continue to throw off the back foot because if he if he does, he's going to make him pay. There was a there was a point where if Richard Sherman has his head up, that was easily a pick six for him, and thankfully Sherman. Uh, was focusing too much on the receiver. Um, I'm not sure which receiver he was on at that time. Are you talking about that throw to the side, to the the right sideline? Yes. 
See, I don't think that was actually as bad a throw as initial looked at because because where the throw ended up, it was off to the sideline, like off over his head. I don't think he could have got that ball. The announcer was saying, yeah, he could. He could have. I, I didn't, that's not how I saw it at all. I saw it go out of bounds high to where he wouldn't be able to get to it. He had to have been like the most agile Richard Sherman ever to get to that, to that football and catch it and stay in bounds and run it back. Nah, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him, honestly. I, I'm just saying, part of me thinks that maybe Goff was getting rid of it. Yeah, I think that was the initial the initial thought into going into it, but it's it was still, the point is that it was still like a dangerous play. If, he, if you're going to get rid of the football, get rid of it and make sure it's not even close, you know? That's, that's kind of the point here. And... We've seen it too many times with J- Jared Goof, where he uh, he just kind of throws the ball and just it, it goes wherever it lands, and that that can't happen. You know, you you either take the sack or throw it away. It's that simple. Even even if it gets to the point where you you may be called for a grounding, I'd much rather take that you know penalty than lose the football. You know, and that's where. We kind of saw him struggle, especially against, you know, the higher, you know, the faster defensive teams like the, you know, the Chicago Bears. That's where, you know, he was becoming, you know, Jared Goof, essentially. But then you get to that that two-man drive. And he, after two bad throws, and those were two bad throws, he starts clicking. And we we see a very good two-man drive, and that carries over to the second half. What changed? I I just think he he just started to calm down a little bit and he found his rhythm a little bit and he was starting to, you know, be Jared Goff again. Uh it's it's really not easily explained in in this case because it it just depends on Goff. It, it he has to he has to be comfortable in the pocket and I think for whatever reason he started to feel a little bit more comfortable. He was starting to feel himself again and you know, he was able to make some plays. And that's exactly, hopefully, what, you know, Jared Goff does in the playoffs because we're going to need him more than ever in the playoffs. Otherwise, it's going to be an early exit again. All right, just some, some quick information, folks. This is where, as news is breaking, in, uh, news is breaking out, um, Todd Bowles in New York, gone, fired. Uh, Aaron Rodgers gets concussion. Um, again, this is all news. It's just kind of breaking out at the same time here that I'm seeing. Oh, who else got fired? Dirk Cutter. Dirk Cutter from Tampa Bay also fired. So it's live on Black Monday. Yeah, we already have two firings. And rumors are already swirling that Jim Harbaugh is going to be a hunted man here over this offseason. We'll see. All right, back to, back to golf. I think what people are forgetting with golf. Is what kind of quarter? What kind of quarterback was he when the Rams drafted him? What kind of offense was he in? And I understand how he runs this offense. I understand how it's geared towards him. However, he's used to rhythm. He's used to the flow of a game as a quarterback at Cal. That offense they had there. He's used to having that. So putting him in a two-minute offense, I think, did exactly what. It's what you said it was. It calmed him down, got him focused. That's what he's used to. That's what he knows. 
put him in a position to succeed. And I wonder if the Rams, as time goes on, will continue to do that. He struggles going to an offense. Going to an offense. And it doesn't mean you rush or anything where you make more mistakes, but it's really like a two-minute drill, like you wouldn't practice. That worked tonight. He was dead on from that point forward. He really was. And before people say, well, hey, um, in that first quarter and a half, pressure. No, actually, he didn't get a lot of pressure in the first half. He got some. Any normal quarterback would. He got some. But he wasn't running for his life like he was against the Bears or the Eagles or even the Lions. He wasn't. He got some pressure, but it was perfectly manageable. He just got antsy. And that two-minute drill score away. So let him be him. Let Goff be Goff. Put him in a position where he can run an offense the way he knows how to run it. And he's going to be okay. I think that's what we saw today. I really do. you agree? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's really no other way to explain it other than that. Because, you know, as far as Goff is concerned, if he's if he's in rhythm, this is one of the best best quarterbacks in football if you if you take him out of the rhythm or if he just gets too anxious then you have jared goof plain and simple (laughs) jared goof all right also cj anderson 132 yards rushing today um where has cj anderson been all my life i'm man crushing this right now i totally am I got to admit, I was wondering about this signing. I thought it would be an interesting sign when I got him. He has almost 300 yards in two weeks. What a season for him to get a chance at a playoff team. What a break for him. What a break for the Rams. You started talking about CJ earlier. What has he done to win you over? I know he's won you over. And what kind of contribution do you think he'll make in the playoffs? You know, C.J. Anderson is a special player. And by the way, I ship it, by the way. Uh, but what did you say? I ship it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so C.J. Anderson, on that note, um, he is exactly the kind of runner that we've wanted for a long time. And I think the hope was that, you know, guys like Benny Cunningham – and Malcolm Brown would have this kind of impact or at least maybe, you know, a similar impact. But, you know, even though I, I will say Benny Cunningham and uh, Malcolm Brown, awesome backups, really good backups, you know, when, when Cunningham was here and when Brown was healthy, but this is a whole nother dimension here. You know, CJ Anderson is a bona fide starter in this league. And it makes you wonder who had – I mean, it, it kind of made sense in, in Carolina because he was never going to get the touches, you know, behind, you know, <laughs> McCaffrey. That that I know they were never going to – he was never going to see football there. But, but in uh, Oakland, I, how do you – you know, what what's going on through the minds there – that just cut this guy. Why? I don't. I can't. I, I can't go with Oakland. Oakland's not doing a whole lot of things that are sensical right now. But in Carolina, 
You mean to tell me, in an effort to protect your quarterback, Cam Newton, from running as much as he does, you wouldn't like to have that thunder and lightning aspect with Christian McCaffrey and C.J. Anderson? I know I would. I know oh, I would. Absolutely. It would give me a chance. I, I, I bet you if they have Anderson in that team this year, they're not a 7-9 team. Well, at the same time, too, McCaffrey, <laughs> I don't know if he ever takes off uh, takes off a play. He's in there quite a few times. I don't have the official stats in front of me or anything, but I would say McCaffrey's in there at least 90% of the time. Sure. So for, the, for them, I, I don't think that they thought that he was going to have too much value on this team, which is kind of stupid. But then again, I, I'm still more critical of the Raiders here because they're, they, I mean, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of their starters here. They have an eight, they had an aging Marshawn Lynch, Went down with an injury, fine. And then you have Doug Martin, who, my God, if, if there was ever a disappointing running back, it has to be Doug Martin. And, you know, I'm thinking I'd rather have C.J. Anderson than any of the, the running backs on their team. So why let him go? I, um, I don't get it. I, maybe he didn't fit their system. Maybe John Gruden was high on cocaine that day did some lines I'm or something. gonna go with the cocaine I, I, I you, you can you you can't even convince me of that though that's the thing you can't even convince me that he didn't fit the system because he comes into a Rams team in less than a week and he's go any he, he's making touchdowns and he's going over a hundred yards consecutive weeks in a row that no, I'm sorry. I can't accept that. I really cannot. You know, this, <laughs> it's just amazing to me. But um, anyway, in terms of C.J. Anderson, what I love is this guy. I love how he runs over people. It's refreshing. I I haven't seen that in a long time on the Rams. You know, you'd probably have to go back to Steven Jackson, the days of Steven Jackson, of how he was running over people. And that's what I like. I mean, Todd Gurley... Yeah, he runs over people from time to time, but not like how Steven Jackson and C.J. Anderson have been doing. You know, that is incredible. That's the type of football that we all want to see. Uh, I mean, what do you think, Derek? Uh, am I am I over overrating him a little bit, or am I on? Overrating C.J. Anderson? Yes. No, no, no. That's what blows my mind is is – why did he sit in the unemployment line for almost a month? Why did the Raiders let him go? Why did the Panthers let him go? Listen, I get it. He's not going to run a 75-yard sprint. But that's not what a lot of these teams need. These teams need a bowling ball. When you mentioned McCaffrey getting 9% of the, stat, the snaps, I'm thinking, well, yeah, sure, run two backs up once in a while. Run two, you know, give teams different looks. C.J. Anderson adds an element here that the Rams have needed, and quite frankly, many other NFL teams need, to be able to have your thunder and lightning combination here. And so I'm, I'm actually hoping, I'm hoping that the Rams spend a little bit of money in the offseason, if they can find it, and keep him. I don't think, I don't think he'll cost too much. I think he would probably like to stay around and be in a franchise like this. 
I think it would be a good fit. And you could really have that thunder and lightning combination next year that can do wonders for an offense. I really believe that. And, you know, does that mean I'm ready to cast Malcolm Brown the curve? Um, no, maybe. But he's already <laughs> doing more than Malcolm Brown ever did. Malcolm Brown, I, I stand by this. I believe he could be a star in this league, but he's also injury prone. And we've seen that a couple times in his career already, too. And Anderson's just a bowling ball. He just runs over people. And he actually, for his age being 27 years old, he has relatively few mileage on those legs of his. Yeah. He could, pro- could probably play to 30 easy, 31, 32 easy, just with, with his style of play. I, I um, As far as C.J. Anderson coming back next year, I'd love to have him back and – I think it would be amazing, but if I'm going to be realistic, just seeing how much he's done in these past two games, and um, we'll see what he does in the playoffs. You know, playoffs is a whole other ball game, but still, even with these two games under his belt, I don't think he's going to come back. I think he's going to command a lot of money, and and to tell you the truth, I I think he's going to try and find a starting role which obviously he's not going to take over for Todd Gurley. You know, Todd Gurley's still going to be the star of this team. But, um, you know, I, I got to say, I, I really would like to see him back. But unless, because you, you kind of mentioned it earlier, unless Anderson just loves the vibe of Los Angeles, unless he loves being on a on a Super Bowl contending team, that's the only way I see him back. Otherwise, right. I, I think he's going to get paid. Let me throw this at you. Okay? Let me throw this at you. I'm going to throw a little bit of money information at you. There's a player that is comparable to him, in my view. And that player's name is LeGarrette Blunt, the former Oregon guy. All right? Same style, same kind of moving around the league a little bit. These are his contract numbers since 2013 per year. Ready? Yep. Ready? 680,000, 730,000, sorry, 630,000 for 2013, 2014, 730, 2015, 750, 2016, 760, 2017, uh, combine here the cap number for him. The base salary guarantee is 900000 and 200000 prorated for 1250 And then this year for the Lions, $2 million. That's how I would compare them. That's the style he's comparable to. So I think actually there's a good chance he will be available. And depends really on what C.J. Anderson wants. He's already bumped around the league looking for a starting job. Why wouldn't he go somewhere where he was wanted? This is true. Uh, I, I, the will say the difference between Anderson and Blunt is the attitude. That I for for that reason alone is why I never wanted the Rams to pick up Blunt. True. I, I just you know get failing on your team, and I think he did it twice, right? Where he, where he bailed up bailed on the team. I think he did it once 
in Pittsburgh, and if I'm not mistaken, I think he did it again in 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 New England. That's you know that sends a bad message not only to your teammates but to the league. Like you know, I don't care how bad your team is doing, you never do that. Well, and, sure, but but I mean, I'm sorry to cut off. I'm just thinking though, you're talking about that, but that's also you're making the case that he would be that Anderson would be more amendable. Because Blunt's a little bit more of a diva. He wants more money. He wants more this. I mean, look at look at how look at Anderson's attitude in his press conferences, on social media, and in the game. He's just happy to be there. Happy to be part of something. He's familiar with the offense. He's familiar with the, with the coaching staff. He's familiar with, with with Phillips. To me, you're making the case that Anderson is more likely to sign again. Well, based on what I've just heard the arguments between myself and yourself, I think that CJ Anderson should sign me as his agent. And, you know, <laughs> if you ever become his agent, you know, toss you to the side a little bit because, uh, yeah, I, I think I can make CJ Anderson some money. It depends. It really depends. I'm not sure where you're going with that. But I'll say this I mean, I'm thinking just along the terms of they're a good fit for each other. C.J. Anderson and the Rams are a good fit. I'm hoping that we see him stick around a little bit longer. That's what I'm hoping for. We see him stick around a couple more years. I'll, I'll take that. It'll be a great combination. Help keep Gurley healthy. Uh, help produce a dynamic running game that's not just that's a, that can produce power running in one section without risking Gurley. And also Gurley out of the backfield doing everything that Gurley does. I think it's a very, very – I think it's a dangerous combination and a good way for that to happen. You there? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. All right. <laughs> I think he did it on purpose. I'm going to mess with Derek now. He cut me off, oh. so I'm going to mess with him. I'm going to go dead silent. <laughs> I, I, I missed an opportunity there, man. I should have I uh, uh, done something funny there. All right. So before he, before he gets any ideas, let's take some time to, to – uh, Thank one of our sponsors, the Gold Ram Barbershop. Sal Martinez out there in Westchester, California. It's 13755 Golden West Street. Sal opened up his shop as a shrine of the Rams on the day the team left for St. Louis, and he's kept the lights on there ever since. He's by appointment only. Give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 7267. Use the promo code Talk so he knows we sent you, and get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Gold Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. And on Saturday, 7 a.m. and 4 p.m., one more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. Folks, I, you know, we just saw this. Sal posted a picture of some recent visitors from uh, f- to his shop, people who listen to our show. And it was really neat to see folks coming there and meeting him and seeing his shop. It's worth it, folks. He will talk football. He'll talk your ear off. Anything Rams, anything football, the guy is a sports junkie. It's the old cool barbershop experience. Trust me, he'll, it's, it's something you won't regret. He even managed to make my head, my blockhead, look normal. And he turned Johnny Gomez into Magic Johnny. So just check him out. All right, moving on. Aaron Donald got a sack today. 
didn't break the record. Uh, play all the way into the fourth quarter, to which he faced some serious criticism from the announced team of, um, was that Brenneman and Spielman? It was, wasn't it? I believe so. So they, they were kind of criticizing that. Uh, you know, I do want to say this. Actually, you know what? No, you know, I've gone first a few times. Johnny, what's your what's your take here? You know, Donald, he uh, he was practically in there most most of the you know hits and hurries, and he wasn't able to get the sacks. He got one, but there was a couple of them where you know he just was just a little bit shy of getting that sack. And considering that he was still the majority of uh, the pressure from the defensive line. I still give the guy props, you know, he's, he's still consistently being double and triple teamed. And for anyone to be critical of Aaron Donald, I I think you need to go back and watch the film because he's still very dominant and still caused the, the turnovers with Mullins. You know, he may not have registered the statistics, but he has contributed in the very same statistical category that, you know, benefits the team overall in turnovers. So I don't really know how you can criticize Aaron Donald. In my opinion, he's still the best player in football. Yeah, I I will stand by it. I still think he deserves the MVP for getting, you know, this many sacks for a defensive tackle guys. This is not a, this is not a, uh, you know, just a primary rusher. He's a defensive tackle. That sounds like an article you should write for the site. I think you should make your Mm -hmm. argument. That sounds like a good idea. Well, there we go. That's your assignment this week. Make it happen. Chop, chop. Be magical. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> magic magic it just appears magically in wordpress well my take is this too um i think he should at least be in discussion i think he should, it's an argument that should be made i think that just naming mahomes mvp or whatever is to it's if you want to compare value mahomes is to me donald just as viable to the rams as mahomes is to the chiefs so it depends on if you want to be a little more untraditional Look at what he creates. Look what he does. Look what he does when he's not. What um, happens when, when he doesn't get his? Basically, when he doesn't get in there and get pressure. How things change the Rams? I'm. I think it's an open argument. I'm not ready to say he should be the MVP. Uh, he should be the defensive player of the year, no doubt, in my view. But going as far as MVP, I'm not quite ready to say it. I, I would love to read your argument on it. But I will say this: Brenneman and Spielman. Going after Don on this, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. You don't play. You, they, I know you want to be the team guy. You want to be the team guy, and you want to go all the way, and that's the goal of any team. But when you have a shot to go for the record, go for it. Go for it. Go as far as you can while not risking injury. And so, for them to criticize Aaron Donald for that. When the guy's never been injured in his life, by the way, knock on wood, I just, I have a problem with that, dude. I have a real big problem with that. Why are you criticizing him for playing an extra half quarter? 
But here's what annoys me even more. You ready for this? Go for it. Okay. What annoys me even more is George Kittle, they're praising George Kittle going after the record, going after the tight end yardage record. I know some people are going to shake their heads. There's a difference. Kittle is not playing the rest of the year. Donald is. But the 49ers pulled Richard Sherman out to protect him. The 49ers still have, are, are beat up to all get out. And Kittle is your future at tight end. Probably for the next 10 years. Why would you keep him out there and basically make him a target for the last part of the game? Oh, because you want to break a record. But that's okay with Berman and Spielman. But it's not okay for Donald. Both of them are taking risks by being out there in what's now a meaningless game. You get what I'm saying? I know the situation is right. a little bit different, but it's to me it's still hypocritical. No, it definitely is because, you know, Donald, you know, this <laughs> – not not taking anything away from Kittles because what he did was special, and we'll get to that in a second. But with Donald, this guy is fighting, as we just mentioned, he's fighting, you know, for more than just the sack record. And which, by the way, is again a sack record that was given, uh, that was earned by an edge rusher. He wasn't a defensive tackle. You know, the fact that Donald has this many sacks is an achievement in and of itself. You know, he has the most sacks by a defensive tackle in NFL history, you know, at least since it's been recorded. So as far as I'm concerned, the criticism was just kind of dumb, you know? I I don't get, you know, it, it had no merit behind it because, you know, one minute you're going to... Uh, criticize Donald, and the next minute you're going to criticize Kettles, who uh, the, the, this guy is probably more of the future for the 49ers than just about anybody else on this team. He's a special tight end in a league that is starving for really great tight ends. Well, they didn't so, criticize him. They were praising the 49ers for getting the record. They were playing yeah. it up. Yeah, that, and that's my point. You know, it just it it boggles my mind a little bit because (laughs) there's just so much criticism for Donald for something so minor, in my opinion. And then to not criticize Kittles for this, it, it just it's just completely dumb. You know, I, I, I. And I'm probably picking things apart because, you know, I'm tired and I'm cranky. But that's that bothered me. It's like our guys should have every opportunity to go out there and make a play and, and go out there and set a record. Just as much opportunity as well as Kittle, Kittle got. He should have the same opportunity. And I'm not going to criticize him for going for it. He earned it. He earned he earned it by being that guy who this team isn't 13 through without him. So let him go for the record. Let him go. I know some people disagree, and that's okay. If you disagree, tell me why. Email us at ramstop1945 at gmail.com or tweet us. That's okay. We can we can agree, disagree. We can talk it through. Okay, we're not we're not the uh, 
the Republicans and Democrats here. We're, we, we're oh, just guys God, talking sports. What'd you say? I said, oh, God, you went there. <laughs> well, I'm not going political. I'm just saying we're not at each other's throats or anything. We both have a common cause here in terms of seeing this team be successful. So, hey, uh, there you go. Other things, you know, get, yeah, congratulations, congratulations to Kittle breaking the record. Uh, they, the Foreigners definitely went for it at the end. That bothered me. We're running out of time, actually. Um, post-game presser, Sean McVay at the press conference from notes from an injury standpoint. Whitworth had a little, I think, three knocked knees. Sorry, let me redo that quote. From an injury standpoint, Whitworth had a little. I think he knocked knees with somebody else. So we're hoping, really, that's all that's going to be, and we'll get him back and ready to go. Then Blake Countess is in concussion protocol. So we didn't see anything on Woods, so Pierce Woods, Woods is okay. Um, contributors today, Joseph Noteboom came in uh, before the half, did a great job. Out, uh, Mark Barron, Michael Brockers, all these guys except for Noteboom are guys we've criticized throughout the year. Long anchor. They showed up today, made plays we hadn't seen them make all year. Does that encourage you? Absolutely, because uh, especially for me, uh, the most important guy that you mentioned was Barron. Because all year long, I'll say, we we really haven't mentioned anything positive about Barron. So to see him come back and you know make some plays wasn't perfect by any means, but he still made some crucial plays, and I, that's exactly what I want to see. If he's again, if he's half the player that he was last season before the injury, the Rams are going to be uh, looking really good. And, you know, it wasn't just him. You know, Michael Brockers getting in there uh, was was refreshing to see because we really hadn't seen him do too much before then. And, you know, uh, you know, seeing a lot of these other guys getting in there, too, this is exactly what needs to happen going into the playoffs because it's going to it's going to need every single player there in order to get to the promised land. OK, so that takes us to the end here. Who are your, who gets your game balls? Um, game ball easily offensively has to go to CJ Anderson. I mean, the guy's just amazing coming in, having um, two over hundred yard games. I, I got to give it to him on offense. On defense, you know, I'm just going to give it to Donald again. I, I know it's kind of lazy, but. It's hard not to, to give it to him because, man, he had one hell of a season and he, he deserves the game ball for the rest of the year. So I'm just going to give it to him. The game ball for the rest of the year. <laughs> well, I'm going to go with Corey Littleton on defense. He um, he did everything the Rams need him to do today. Got himself touched on return. Two pickoffs. Good for him. That That's good stuff. So I'm going to go with him. And on offense... I'm with you, C.J. Anderson. I do want to add this in. Jared Goff, for bouncing back, to me, deserves some credit as well. He's really had it hard on the last month of the year. And um, from that two-minute mark on the rest of the game, he did a great job. And so good job showing some poison bouncing back on his part. So there's my game balls. All right, folks. Reach out to us, folks, if you are interested in advertising with us, sponsoring us. Reach out to us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com 
or leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We have a media kit ready to get out to you. I promise you, even though we have a new managing editor stepping in here soon, at least for a while, uh, we will continue to put good content out there. Um, you ready for that, Johnny? Well, I'm, I think, uh, you know, Graham's talk is going to get a little more magical. <laughs> Care to explain? <laughs> We're going to have unicorns prancing around the homepage. Well, what's wrong with the unicorns? Well, the only people we're going to see is if they're high on LSD. So, and well, just saying. you know, I, I I can reach out to the fellow bronies out there, you know. <laughs> the what? Bronies. All right. You never heard of bronies. No, I have. What's a brony? A brony is pretty much older dudes that like my little pony. Bronies. Um, Johnny, that's creepy. Not gonna lie. Agreed. I'm not gonna lie. It is. It's very creepy. Okay, that was <laughs> creepy and, and rather awkward. Not sure what to do with that. I'm not sure at all to do with that. So this is what we have to look forward to with you being the managing editor here soon. Interesting. <laughs> Dear Lord, have mercy upon us all. What are we gonna do? All right. So, folks, that's gonna be a wrap for us. We have there's there is more for us to talk about, but it's getting late. It's almost midnight here on the East Coast. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. Also, you can find me, Derek C. Paul, at DC Paul on Twitter and Johnny Gomez at Johnny5, not 6. Don't forget us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, IE Radio, say Our Heart Radio, Android, Spotify. Oh, yeah, and we are on IE Radio on Wednesday mornings, Saturdays, and Sundays, 10 a.m. Pacific time for Johnny Gomez. This is Derek C. Paul. The Rams are in the playoffs. <laughs> First seed? Nope. Second seed? Yep. We'll see who they play next week. Any last thoughts, Johnny? Hopefully we see more golf and less goof. And no uniforms. Have a good one, folks. Peace out. Uniforms? <laughs> uniforms. This holiday season, you know what I have on my wish list? Adventure. That's why I got a new Honda during the Happy Honda Days sales event. They have a whole lineup of rugged, all-wheel drive SUVs, CRV, Pilot, Passport. But at the end of the day, I drove off in a new HRV with a bunch of safety features. And best of all, I got it on clearance. So don't just sit around knitting an ugly holiday sweater. See your local Honda dealer for Happy Honda Days clearance pricing today. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. 
relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.